0: I want women like you to have it easier than I had it so you can thrive in the industry. I've now helped thousands of women grow their financial businesses to multiple six figures, some even seven figures per year. So on this podcast, you're going to get an inside look at how they did it so you can do it too. Let's dive into the show. Welcome, welcome. I am here with Heather Fortner, who is a professional speaker and CEO of Signature FD. She's been in the industry for 20 plus years and completely worked her way up, starting from an intern to now being the CEO. And so we're really happy to have you here. We're going to talk a little bit about your purpose and strength and how, um, if you had learned those things early on and the women listening can use this, then they can you know have an easier process to growing their business. Um, and also, you said something about boundaries. So this is gonna be a good one. Uh, listen up here. So tell us uh, a little bit of yeah, how you got to where you are. And uh, we'll start there.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. So I started as an intern in, in the industry. Where I was, was getting my degree at night and then did financial planning. Uh, for a firm local here in Atlanta for about two years. And then they started a a trust company. And so I went and helped start that company, did that for about two years, and then realized I really missed the financial advice industry, Um, wanted to come out of the back office of a bank. And so found, we were F&D advisors at the time, found Signature FD, started as a client care associate, and story starts
0: there. Wow, so how long have you been at Signature FD? it'll be 20 years in february. Oh, 20 years at that company. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. and so what's the FD stand for? Should I guess? Uh, well, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> that's a great question. So, when we financial design, financial uh, and support. when we started the company, we have a sister accounting firm called Fraser and Dieter. So it was really what? not only um Fraser and Dieter, they're a regional oh, okay. accounting firm. Um, okay. and so we wanted to pay honor to them and to our roots and then also really lean into the concept of design around wealth. Management. Yeah.
0: Okay. Got it. Awesome. Okay. So how do you early on uh, like had better boundaries and known your purpose and, and, I don't know if you know that whole saying about a bee and how like a bee never knows its purpose, but it's going around like going into nectar or creating nectar whatever and going into flowers and stuff. And sometimes I feel like I know my purpose. I'm like, okay, we're our whole mission is increase the footprint of women in the industry to 50%, which is a big, big ass goal. Um, And I feel like that's my purpose, but then sometimes, I'm, I get so many people coming to me and say, why don't you work with men also? Why don't you work with men also? And I'm like, cause I don't want to. And I feel like <laughs> going against, you know, my, my purpose. And so I don't know, is that something you need to know? Because it's possible I'm wrong. And like, actually one, one, one guy's guy, Mike Cannings, who's very successful was challenging me on it. Not just the men thing, but challenging me on it. And he, he's like, well, why do you have to work with just women? And almost like I have this trauma around it. And I'm like, Oh, I have had trauma around it. I don't know, but I'm like, I, I've tried working with dudes and I don't like it. And I'm on this mission and I feel like this is my purpose, but he's like, what if you were to let go of that? Like he challenged me almost. Cause like, am I doing this? Cause I really feel like this is where I should be or want to be. And I, I know that the, the answer is yes right now, but I think I'm also scared that what if I ever veer from that? Like, what, what would the judgment look like? Gosh, I'm really just like opening myself up on the couch here. Like, just go, at, go at it. But I felt like any of the coaching session, I don't know. So, love so it. I love it. It's a loaded word, I guess, to me, because it's like, if I say this is my purpose, I feel like I I have to land on that and I never can veer from it. Mm -hmm. And then I think so many women don't know their purpose and they stress about it. So how do you even like deal with that word purpose?
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I love that you just went there. Um, I think, first of all, not a lot of people are super vulnerable enough to just Say that out loud, like either I don't know what my purpose is, or I do know what my purpose is. But communicating that out loud feels scary to some people, either not having one, like I'm going to be judged that I don't have one, or somebody's going to judge me for the purpose that I do have, like they're not going to find it worthy or worthwhile or anything like that. So I think just saying it out loud is one thing. But then I think, you know, there's just a beauty to life in the journey. And and I just give myself grace in the seasons. Like my purpose may look different in one season versus another season. So for example, I'm 46 years old. I have a six-month-old baby. I'm the CEO of a company. I have a five-year-old daughter. Like our journey to a family took us 15 years. It's an incredible journey. But it looks very, very different from everyone else's. So at 46, my season looks a lot different than most normal CEOs of companies. And it's like, that's okay. I get to lean into that and I get to own that. And my purpose right now, my integration, my boundaries look different than they will two years from now. And then they did two years ago. And so giving myself the grace, I, I just don't think that we extend grace as freely as we could. Um, not to ourselves and, and not to other people to just live in those seasons. And it's okay that your purpose is one thing right now. Who cares whether it changes when you decide that working with dudes is something that you love to do, then you can change your purpose and, and move forward from there.
0: I love that you used my language right back at me. Uh, I know I must have said dudes because that's how I talk, but that's exactly, you probably don't, but i that was good. Um, yeah, and, and I, I think giving yourself grace is really important because especially as women, I always say when I'm I'm teaching these, these um, events or uh, I have a five-day challenge, like the number one challenge that you're going to have beyond this challenge is to stop judging yourself because- okay it's not just judging others. I mean, the only reason we're really ever judging others is because we see a flaw within ourselves anyway. Otherwise we would never be bothered by it. But the judgment like that women have around, you know, to to themselves is just heavy and so much. And I'm constantly in this like little battle And, and interesting. You said, you know, that I'm authentic and vulnerable. Like I'm, I was talking to this other woman, actually, who I had on the podcast, Penny, who I had on a podcast a little bit ago. And she said, you know, ask something about revenue or, or maybe my programs. And she's like, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. And I'm like, oh, please, I'll tell you everything. Like, I, I'm an open book. Like, I just don't care. And at this point in my life, even when I'm worried about the judgment, I still take it head on because I know that's the growth I need. Like, if I'm concerned, someone's going to judge me. like, cool. Like, and I'm having this conversation, like, again, I sometimes have TMI syndrome where I talk too much, but, um, I'm working with this new woman, uh, or this, this new friend, Lisa Sasevich, who in this industry, most people don't know, but she's in this mastermind that I'm in. And she's known as the queen of sales conversion. And she's very, very successful. She had like 50 million in the last 10 years or something like that. Like just really, really successful, very cool down to earth, uh, woman. I was talking to her about, you know, possibly working with her. And then we decided, um, yes, I'm going to move forward. And then I hired her. And we were very friendly at this event had a really, Nice, you know, fun relationship, and I, I basically started WhatsApping her to figure out how we work together. And I'm like, "Tell me, just tell me. Anytime I'm overstepping, anytime you know, you feel like I'm asking you too much, just tell me. I don't want to have to guess. I don't have to guess if you think I'm annoying. I don't want to have to guess if you think this is too much. I don't want to have to guess if I'm asking too much. Just manage the expectations or set the boundaries, basically. And then I could just be me and not be worried about it. And literally, even I just messaged her a, a few minutes ago about the flight, and I'm like, so you know, if I get in by seven o'clock, can we, you know, go to dinner or, you know, can can we still be friends? (laughs) I literally said, can we still be friends? Like I'm a fifth grader because I just don't want to have to guess. Like, I don't have to be weird. I don't want to have to make friends with someone, even girlfriends, right? Like I'm not talking about dating. I'm saying like, you know, there was with dating, there was a three, you got like call the dude for three days. And like, now I got to guess. And like, I was never good at that stuff. And it's like, back then I would still try to fit within people's rules and try to make it work. And now I'm just like, I'm, I'm direct, be direct, tell me straight. I'll still be defensive. I'll probably get my feelings hurt, but like, let's get it out of the way. So I'm not creating this judgment that doesn't exist. Right. Otherwise I'll do what everybody, every other woman does. I create something that's not real. I assume someone doesn't like me or I assume they're thinking negatively about me. And then I feel like crap when it doesn't necessarily exist. So I'm like, put it on the table. And I haven't always done that, but like, even with this, you know, with Lisa, I was just like, put it out on the table. Like, I just don't want to guess, you know, which is really unusual, but I just, I just, I don't have to be like that.
1: You know, I think it's, I think it's so wise and I think it's courageous, right? And and a lot of women um, in particular have, have grown up thinking that that type of courage is not welcome. And they've probably been taught that, quite frankly. Um, but clarity is kindness, right? And I see that in leadership all of the time, which is like, if I can just be clear, if I can clearly communicate my expectations, if I can clearly communicate what's happening, um what i'm experiencing either what my feelings are or what my thoughts are most of the time like if you assume best intent most people will probably because most people also want to be successful they Look, oh i'm sorry i think you cut out most people will what most people want to be successful right, right. they want to have quality relationships they want to to be in good in good relationships, in good working environments. So if you as a leader, as a female, even in your own home, right, if you can communicate with clarity around what your expectations are, what success looks like for you, how you're feeling about things, um, and and own that and be courageous with that, I think not only are you setting yourself up for better success, but you're setting your team, your people, your partners, your kids, everyone else up for success.
0: You know what I've come to realize is my number one value is communication. And recently, my husband we kind of got in this little fight, and I'm like, "Oh, we're in a f- another big f- I said big fight, I think, because I probably exaggerated." But I'm like, "We're, we're in a <laughs> fight," and he's like, "It's not another fight; it's the same fight." And I, we, what happened So those of you who are really curious about this, uh, inner, uh, you know, problem, inner conflict with my husband. But what happened is, is like, sometimes he helps me with my business and I ask for the help or I tell him something and don't ask for the help. And then he helps me. And sometimes the way he helps me, I'm like, Oh, that was so awesome. And then sometimes the way he helps me, I was like, I, I don't like it. And I, I start I, I basically don't ask for his help or I push back. And And the other day when I asked him, you know, I was basically talking to him about, actually it was about hiring Lisa and just my experience and all this. And he started asking about different things. And he started talking about this idea that someone else at this other mastermind had brought up for my business. And he kept saying, he's like, it's, you know, it's really pretty easy. And I was like, stop saying it's easy. Like, please stop saying it's easy. And he talk and talk and talk about this idea that I'm not currently doing in my business that he thinks is like such a great idea basically has to do with like recruiting more women into the industry, which is aligned with my mission. And I'm like, I like that idea, but it feels like a different business. And he's like, it's really easy. You're already doing it. And I'm like, please stop saying it's easy. Like just stop saying it's easy. And I got so mad. And he's like, And and I swear someone had just said something. It was probably in my, my subconscious that like, don't ever tell people it's easy because it makes them feel like either inadequate or just like, you know, just, they want to fight. And, and then, you know, we, then we, he said, it's the same fight kind of thing. It's like the same fight. You don't want my help. And I'm like, honey, later, I was like, honey, it's not that I don't want your help. It's the way that you're communicating to me triggers me. And when you help me the way you want to help me, I don't want your help. I want you to help me the way I want you to help me. And I love your help and I completely value you and I value your opinion. And I love, you know, like the coaching and the things you come up with, but if you don't communicate in my language, I don't want it. And so I'm like, just, just because he's making things up, I don't value him and all these things. And I'm like in, in the past fight, same fight we've had before. And I'm like, I've realized it's completely communication. That's all it is. It's communication. You know, and if we can just communicate in my language, of course, I want him to communicate in my language and I'm not going to communicate in his. That sounds like a, you know, Robin thing to do, but it's like, that's what I get triggered, you know? So how do you think this shows up as I'm telling all these personal stories, but I think it's relatable, but how do you think this shows up for women when it comes to building their financial business and getting clients and even with their team, like how does that show up for them that, that maybe there's something they can do and you can give advice back to me as well, but that will put them in a better position for success and to, to make it easier for them as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great question. So, so much to unpack there, but uh, we're actually getting ready to release a, another article to Inc. Uh specifically around what you're talking about, which is really just this emotional toolkit, right? And and all of these things that you're talking about, specifically around communication, these are all skills, right? And, and I think something that women need to hear is that these skills, they're learnable skills. And they, with practice, can be used um, to dramatically affect outcomes in your life, whether it's at home, whether it's at work, wherever it may be. So take heart in the fact that, you know, I see a lot of people that aren't, they're not good with conflict. They don't like conflict. They don't, they never learn to be able to be courageous and speak whatever it is that they need or that they feel or whatever's happening Uh, and they defer. You know, they, uh, women do all kinds of, of, of things. Men do all kinds of things, right? Communication is hard, but those skills are learnable. And with practice, we talk about in the article, right? This toolkit that you can bring with you actually leverage some of these EQ skills and I will tell you that specifically to your point around how do women need to leverage these things to better build their businesses the the stronger you are at the softer skills the stronger you are in communication the stronger you are in knowing how to set your boundaries knowing where you're going to compromise and where you're not going to compromise in advocating for yourself in listening better listening to people so that you can actually pull out of them the latent needs that they may not even know that they need, right? All of these things are what make us, quite frankly, special uh, as as women and as women advisors. And, and if women can actually be intentional about building that toolkit and building that toolbox, they can actually implement those tools, not only in their businesses to be better leaders, but to be better advisors. well.
0: Yeah, I mean, virtually everything is learnable. I like that you said it's learnable because it's it's like... I was mentioning this to my clients the other day, like my daughter, who's now fifteen, but when she was five, we had a little ripstick and my husband was teaching her. He's much better at teaching these things. He was teaching plus I can't ride a ripstick, but he was teaching <laughs> how to do this. It's like, you know, if you don't know, it's like a skateboard that you don't have yeah, to pedal yeah. right? which I don't understand, It's really hard and I'm athletic, but, um, and five years old, I remember we're at this park and there's like, you know, kind of a long pathway and she gets on the thing and she, it doesn't work and she's mad and she gets on the thing, it doesn't, He shows her how to do it and she's mad and she gets on the thing, it doesn't work and she's mad and she gets super frustrated really fast. And this is pretty much anything she's ever, you know, learned from the beginning of time. I, 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 she's my stepdaughter. So I didn't know her when she was learning to walk, but you know, everything else, since she was two and a half years old, it's like, it's very frustrating to her if she's not phenomenal at it right away. And I'm like, Phoenix, like, you're not going to be great at everything right away. Like it, you have, you're going to learn it. And she's, she got really good at the ripstick really, really fast, had to go through frustration and get a little bit of my husband grunting at her <laughs> like, to stop being a little pain in the butt. But then of course she learns whatever she wants to learn and does very well at it. And then as adults, we're like, how I'm not good at sales. How I should be good at sales. Like you're born, good at sales, you know, and I should be like communication. It seems like communication is just a given. Like there's a way that you communicate. It doesn't, it's not like you go to school and they're like, okay, there's communication 101, right? And so we don't know that communication is a thing, it's a skill that you have to learn. And um, even being transparent, like transparency. And and when we're talking about emotional IQ and you're talking about just all, all the emotional stuff and just the transparency and authenticity and Vulnerability and all that. What's happening, especially now, and I'm sure you've noticed this with marketing, you know, as a CEO and whatnot, is what people are resonating with is the truth, is the the, the authenticity, the transparency. And we we're learning at this mastermind, like all about like copywriting and how most people are learning like direct sale, you know, direct sales, kind of like direct response. We want someone to click. If you're on Facebook, we want someone to take an action, right? We want them to do something. And this guy who's like world class copywriter, he was like, it's emotional response marketing now because people like they're so they're so inundated with all this stuff what's going to resonate with them get them to open an email get them to even to click to do these things is not what it's not like what they think or what to do it's how they feel and this is humans and it's like we've missed it somehow and it's coming back around with COVID, like, I think it's reminded us, like, we need that human connection. We need people, to, like, to understand it, to understand it, to feel we're to feel heard, which is why I'm so passionate about, like, women having a voice, because not only are we not given a voice, we don't actually take the microphone and use it, even if we were given a voice, because, oh, my God, God forbid, they're going to judge us, you know? But telling you this is actually making me, like, even the story about Lisa is like, gosh, like, it's kind of makes me want to step more into that. Like just because I've recently been more direct like that recently been just more open, even about, I'm always open in my audiences, but when it comes to one-on-one, not necessarily like I, I have these insecurities, do they, am I going to fit in and all these things? And then this is kind of my first experience to be like super direct about it. I'm like, I just don't want to have to worry about whether you're not like me or not. So tell me how it is, you know, and it's refreshing. It's kind of like, it feels empowering you know, being
1: that it, is, it is very empowering. And I think there's, there's a phrase that I like to use, which is um, just because something is true does not mean that it's necessary. But when you do need to speak truth, be sure that you're speaking it in love. Right. And, and so I think a lot of people, if you can learn and, and really believe with intent that some of the things that you need to say could be hurtful, right? They could trigger someone's insecurities. They could be Uh, perceived as judgmental. They could be all of these things, but if you truly believe with, with quality intent that you're saying these things in truth and in love to this person, which is a skill, right? and learning how to do that is a skill. Learning how to receive that is a skill, which is why I also believe that having a a a small network of people that you trust to speak truth to you no matter what, is absolutely critical. Like one of the things that you're doing um, with your programs is you're teaching women, here are the skills. I'm going to walk with you while you do them. I'm going to help you build your confidence while you're practicing. And then you're going to be able to go off and build your own businesses because I'm walking with you while you're learning these skills. It's no different, right? These emotional tool, toolkits, they're toolboxes, they're, they're no different. They are skills that you learn, you practice with the people that you trust, who will speak truth to you, but who will do it in love. And then you practice, you practice it at home, you practice it with your community, you practice it with your kids, you practice it with your colleagues, your partners. And ultimately, it leads to better interactions as a leader, better interactions as an advisor, better interactions at home, which quite frankly is what we call work, right?
0: Right. Absolutely. And let's go back a step about you having a six month old. Cause I just like over that. <laughs> I'm a, a two-year-old, I have a four-year-old and then the 15 year old I talked about. Um, and my business didn't stop, you know, and, and I, I took a little bit of a break here and there, but it's like, I, I hardly even can look back now, like two years ago and, and four years ago with my son being like, like, did how much time they actually take off, you know? I, and, um, good or bad? I mean, I I wanted to work, but I definitely slowed down a little bit. But for you as a CEO of a company, and is it your... Do you own the company or are you hired as the CEO?
1: No, I am the CEO. I'm a partner. So we're a partnership. So we have 62 partners, I believe right
0: now. Oh, 62 partners. Okay. Which is very different than me as a CEO of my company, which is like my company. And I, I call myself a CEO, but you know, we're not a real corporation or anything. I mean, Legally, we are. But um, <laughs> so don't take me in. Uh, but it's very different because I'm like, I'm the face of the company. I am the company. I have, you know, we have a team, 12 or so, but um, it's very different than being hired as a CEO and doing that. So how did you have that flexibility with having, I mean, being a core, you know, uh, driver of the business and having a now six month old and being able like, to, to take time off? Did you, fit in? were they just flexible or was it something you really had to fight for?
1: No, I I think that's a a great question, and I think it is the premise of, of what we're all about, which is Net Worthwhile, which is we believe, whether it's our team members or our clients, that every individual's purpose, their Net Worthwhile is unique and that it is valid and it deserves respect. And so we've crafted an entire culture at this company that is, is really aligned to our whole job as advisors is to help people lean into what their net worthwhiles are. Yep, so it, it is the confluence of the place where your wealth, your time, your money, your resources, all these things that are wealth to you overlap with the things you find worthwhile. It can change in seasons. It can remain the same. My personal net worthwhile, I have um, one of them from a professional standpoint is really leaning in to help people discover their own professional net worthwhiles, so the things that they were uniquely crafted to be able to do and passionately love. Um, yeah, I have a master's in, in professional counseling. So really being able to tie the financial and the counseling together helps with that. Um, but then personally, you know, family was, was always a big deal for us. And it was something that we pursued heavily. So when we got pregnant at the beginning of 2021, you know, obviously I'm, I'm a new CEO. I'm coming out of this pandemic, I'm, you know, obviously been here for 19 years, but, um, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, oh my God, like here I am a, a female CEO. I've just been in this seat for a hot minute. What is this board of all men going to say? Yes. Um, and so, you know, I spent some time with that, really thinking about what are my boundaries? What, how am I going to communicate? Am I coming at this from a place of fear? Or am I coming at this from a place where I believe that my partners have my best intentions at heart? Um, and, you know, really getting my, my brain around how I wanted to communicate around that. And so I was transparent and honest and created a space where I truly believed that they would lean into that space with me because I believe that they had great intentions and they did. And it was, I can't say that I wasn't scared. I can't say that it didn't take some courage. I can't say that I didn't have some fears of how I was going to manage it myself. Um, But at the end of the day, knowing I was unapologetic, about what my net worthwhile was and that family was the most important thing to me. But at the end of the day, um, when you have built a company that believes that that matters for every single individual and that you do what it takes to align resources to make that happen, it was a celebration, which I, I don't know many other women that would walk into a room and authentically say, yeah, you know what, at 46 with a six month old walking into a room, everyone was on board and for me. Um, I, I don't know many women who could do that.
0: Yeah. And that's amazing. And that's awesome. And, you know, props to those men, because for creating that space, and they didn't do it alone and having women part of it to, to create that because, I hear story after story after story about women who have the opposite experience and basically kicked out because they get pregnant, you know, or which is, we can't say it's because they got pregnant, but whatever other reason, but it's- They should come
1: to Signature FD.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Let's finish with that. Like, so tell me, who are you looking for? Like, is it something you're looking for advisors and then who's the type of advisor you're looking for and then how can they find you? So we know, um, is it independent firm? I'm assuming-
1: It is. We are. uh, We are an independent firm. We are built for legacy. We are a partnership. We love quality people. You can find all of our information at www.signaturefd.com. We are a team of wonderful financial advisors, and we, uh, you know, our uh, senior leadership team is I think 60% women at this point. Um, We appointed. Uh, we've got several you know d e and I effort across the organization, not only at the senior leadership team level but across the entire organization. We lean heavily into that.
0: okay. and is there a certain amount of assets they need to to go? Like can they be yep. just starting really?
1: Can have the conversation.
0: Okay. that's amazing because usually you got to be pretty high up there and you know, a lot of, women sometimes listening, they're newer in you know, some of them are more seasoned, but just there's definitely a lot of women who are just starting in this industry and maybe they're at, the, at a firm that they don't really like, but they feel like they don't really have a choice. Um, I might actually know someone for you. So I will talk about that offline. So thank, thank you so much for joining us. Check out Signature FD and thank you Heather. And we'll see you next time on Growing Your Finance Business The Woman's Way. Yeah.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me.
0: I actually have the link for the tag challenge, the appointment generator challenge. So instead you can just go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register right now so that you can get five quality appointments in just five days. Now, this is not around you know, you having to talk to friends and family and get all awkward. This is not about you having to spend marketing dollars online or create a whole funnel. This is going to be easy. It's simple. It happens in five days. If I can get you five quality appointments in five days, then you know that you can have the best year of your life because you just need to get in front of more of the right people. We will walk through it together as we do it. So do not miss this. And if... You can, if you're smart, do VIP, spend a few extra bucks and you can actually spend time with me on Zoom where I can connect with you, get to know you and really help you get those quality appointments so that you can grow your business. And um, go ahead again, register at femalefinancialadvisors.com. You'll find it all there. It's happening, coming up very, very soon. So make sure to register, claim your spot, get in on this, get excited about it, block your calendar because you need to spend about an hour to an hour and a half uh, a day with me on the Thursday, Friday Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so that you can get these results and it does work. The most appointments I think we got in those five days, uh, someone I think was Dana got 33 appointments. So you could be my best student and go well beyond the five quality appointments. Go to 10, go to 15, go to 20 and set yourself up for the best year ever. Can't wait to see you at the tag challenge. See you there. Thank you again for listening to growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way.